are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Look, I think today's uh, conversation is uh, yet another really interesting episode. I'm yeah, really I, I think, yeah, we're going to be talking about some some very interesting uh, ways of going to market. I, yeah, and I am um, uh, today's guest is um, uh, one of those gifted marketers that's able to just kind of has a nice way of summarizing some of the approaches. I don't want to put her too much on the spot in advance, <laughs> but I've uh, I've just enjoyed uh, it's, it's made it easy almost to refer back to as I thought about uh, our discovery conversation. Yeah, yeah some excellent cool. turns of phrase. Yeah, 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 as it were. All right, now so, we've so. put her completely on the spot. <laughs> Isn't that normally what we do? Well, anyway, that's that's right. the point of the show. Let's put smart people on the spot. So. <laughs> Joining us today is Liz Shovlin. Liz is the Director of Sales and Marketing for the Americas at Nicomatic. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Liz. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. It's awesome to have you with us, uh, Liz. Yeah. um, Look, I I think it's probably best if we start with um, letting our listeners understand or know a bit more about Nicomatic and what uh, what Nicomatic is, what you make, uh, what you do. Of course, absolutely. So Nicomatic is a manufacturer of creative interconnect solutions. We, um, our America's location is based in Horsham, Pennsylvania, just a little bit outside of Philadelphia. Um, and we are manufacturing everything from inside of the box connectors to sealed connectors that are going into some pretty harsh environments, um, mostly working with defense organizations, so Lockheed, Raytheon, similar companies to those. Um, and also medical devices. So some of our flat, flexible cable um, are used quite prevalently in things like hospital beds or ventilators. So during the the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw a lot of activity in that space as well. And uh, initially a small uh, French-based company, from what I understand? Yeah, exactly. So the organization started in 1976. It initially started out, interestingly, I don't think... A lot of people know this. I recently learned it. I've been with the company about five years. Um, the father of Julian and Olivier Nicolin, who are the owners of Nicomatic now, his name is Paul Nicolin. That's the father. He started the organization making automated um, equipment for the tobacco industry. So he then transitioned from that to machining very precise um, components. Actually, the first product that Nicomatic offered was our Crimflex um, connector system, which is utilized with flexible circuits and it's still very popular today. And, and we still, you know, sell that often and we're incorporating it to new products and things like that. But yes, the, the company is still headquartered in Bonnechable, France, and most of the manufacturing um, is done there and, and quite a bit in Horsham, Pennsylvania. And we do have some manufacturing um, in Tianjin, China. Nice. And so you've been there five years. What um, Tell our listeners a bit about yourself and the rest of your background. Sure. Yeah, I've been with Nikomatic for five years. I started in um, a global product line leader role. Um, so I came in working with the Crimflex product and transitioned to our flat flexible cable line, uh, which we manufacture in Horsham. I learned a lot about Nikomatic in the first couple years and and we um, recently, within the last three, four years, 
repositioned a little bit and began heavily targeting our connectors and our military offerings as well. So Nikomatic is definitely a value add partner, full service solution provider. And we really wanted to bring that more so to the Americas um, organization. So I stepped into the director of um, sales and marketing role for the region for our time zone. And I've been doing that for the last, I guess, four or so years. Um, prior to that, I was in a product management role at Amerigas in oil and gas. So they're one of the largest um, propane distributors in, in the United States. I was working in King of Prussia, PA, and the, and the marketing team there with a great, a great group, a very large group of, of um, employees at Amerigas, too. And prior to that, I was working um, in marketing at a company selling SolidWorks and Stratasys 3D printers. Uh, covering all the bases. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I, I've got to say, you know, this, um, uh, the kind of customer that you're targeting, um, you know, uh, especially, especially in defense, uh, you, know, I can't, I, you know, when I encounter um, uh, marketers uh, trying to sell and market into these environments, I mean, it can, they can be tough accounts. They can, it can be kind of tough tough accounts to crack. It can be, I, I find that, I don't know. I just find that a lot of marketers really struggle with how to wrap their arms around these organizations. Um, I'd like to just kind of dive into it a little bit of just kind of how you go to market um, and, and some of your, um, uh, I guess, guiding philosophies or thinking that, uh, that help you do that. Uh, I guess, can you, uh, uh, how, would, how would you start to describe that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. It can be really challenging to begin working with these organizations. Um, they've been around a long time. They have a lot of rules and requirements. And beyond that, their customer are often um, militaries, you know, for, of various different countries. And they have their own standards and requirements, too. Um, so coming in with a product that is modular, that is very flexible, that can be adapted to whatever the customer needs, isn't a cookie cutter product like a standard electrical connector that you might find, you know, in the back of your computer monitor. Um, so what we do is we work with those clients to understand the benefits. Oftentimes they already realize that they have an issue, right? They have a problem. The standard isn't going to work for them. So we work with them and we um, sell to them through multiple channels. So we have a distribution channel um, we work um, to bring clients to us through some digital marketing. And most importantly, and most traditionally, we have a direct sales channel as well. Um, so that's really how we're going to market. But we work with those customers, help them understand the benefits of moving to the new technology that's going to bring them advancements and make their product um, perform to a higher degree than if they use those kind of standard elements. So once the customer knows they have an issue or they see that, wow, I have an opportunity to do something next level, that's when we begin to work together. But the challenge for us is really making sure that the customers know who we are. So we're a smaller organization, very adaptable, very flexible, but a big focus for us over the past few years has been um, brand awareness and meeting those clients. How is... Um... I mean, it sounds as though it's really part of your um, it, your unique positioning is this notion of uh, the the modularity and flexibility of of what you do versus your competitors. 
And it should be noted, a lot of your competitors are, are significant and large organizations. So mm. you're, you're going up against some, some real Goliaths. Yeah. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of uh, wondering, like, did, you, did you find yourself in taking this position that you're almost in some ways challenging uh, your prospects to buy in a new way or to think about what they consume or what they're what they're what they're buying in a different way because it, you, you guys deliver it fundamentally differently does that make sense yeah absolutely so showing the customer that for example they've been using two or three connectors to send a certain amount of power um, through their printed circuit board for example now they can do that with one connector from Nikimatic and send a lot more power through a smaller footprint is really is something different for them. And it's going outside of the standard. Now that said, you know, Nikomatic does offer some standard sealed connectors to our Optimus EM4165. So we kind of hit both areas, but the bread and butter of the business is that modularity and that, that different approach. So the customers are, are used to calling their, their traditional you know, supplier or hitting their website or going to that standard connector that everybody sells and trying to find the cheapest one. And they're finding as, as we move forward here that technology is 30, 40, 50 years old. As we have further advancements with missiles or optoelectronic equipment or medical devices, that's not going to work for them anymore. They need to send power and data and signal through one connector. So oftentimes the customer may know that they have an issue or they have a challenge and they need a solution. So we help guide them through that process to say, okay, you know, we work with you to design this connector just as they design their, their project with their other system and components. We just say, hey, like work with us a little bit here on your connector and, and we'll help you configure it exactly as you need it. They may already know too, I have a vision. I want, you know, five coax and, and something like that in their connector and that's fine. And they can go to the website and just pull that down and drop it into their design. But yeah, it means that they have a lot more flexibility and it opens a lot more doors for the customer. So um, what we try to do is just show them how to use the tools that we offer and make sure that they know that we have multiple channels that they can they can work with us through. We also try to have you know a broad marketing presence so that they can find those tools easily and begin to work in a little bit of a different way. With the um, you know, have many many SKUs, you know, millions and millions of SKUs, and with a, is is the way that you go to market in the Americas a bit different than than how uh, Nicomatic sells into the rest of the world? I would say there's a difference in that um, a lot of our customers in the United States, one, don't know who we are. Right? They're, they're very used to working with a much larger organization that's been around for a long time and is a U.S. company. So we come in with a very different product that brings them a lot more capability. Um, and we're also a newcomer on the stage. So while we've been in France since 1976, for example, We've been in the United States um, since 2000, I believe it is, or, or 1998, something like that. Um, so we have a little bit more of an uphill battle with the brand awareness, making sure those customers know who we are, feeling comfortable, and also reaching a much broader audience. So a lot of the other or 
countries that we work within. France, for example, it's a much smaller um, country and it's a lot easier to get to know those different divisions um, that are close by, especially if you've been around for a long time. So yes, we have a little bit of a different approach and we're, I would say, in a little bit of a different um, stage of the life cycle of our brand. Is it maybe a good way to think of it? So we're a little bit more in the infancy in terms of our relationship and and um, the relationship of our brand to our, our customer brands. I think that, you know, that, uh, well, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to think of someone who's been around in a market for over 20 years as an upstart, but <laughs> really, you know, that it's kind of, it, when you talk about the, you know, the relationship between yourself and your competitors and, and the type of product you sell and the, um, the innovation that's, that's packed into it, it gives you a license to talk about it differently and, and to, uh, and, and to bring that, um, bring that product to, to your customers in a different way. How are you, um, how are you structuring that and how, how are you approaching that in your, in your role in the Americas? So I would say there's a few different areas that we try to employ. We have um, put a lot of focus in recent years on our brand awareness and making sure that the customers are aware of the technology, why it's different, who Nikomatic is. So we work with a lot of different digital marketing tools um, to try to create some surround sound marketing, things like that, so that when our direct or distribution sales channel makes contact with a customer, the hope is that they've seen Nicomatic. Now they're aware of it. So we try to create a little bit of familiarity to warm up the lead, for example, or the prospect or, you know, the unknown prospect. Um, so that when our teams go and make the, the direct contact, hopefully there's been some, you know, inbound effort that's, that's opened the eyes of the customer a little bit. It makes it a bit easier. I guess, does that kind of hit on your question? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, really, and I, I love this notion of surround sound marketing. I, I think it, it, you know, it's very much about having so a number of different touch points at varying levels of uh, when someone might be interested in, uh, in making a purchase. Mm -hmm. So are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. Yeah, it's always, um, I mean, especially as you target these very large organizations, I mean, Lockheed Martin, what have you, you start trying to think about, um, you know, surround sound marketing to an organization with 10,000 employees. Um, and, and then, you know, but, but yet there's, um, you know, there's maybe a small handful of engineers that you really need to, uh, to, to be a, a bit more of a, you know, household name with as it were. I'd be curious, Liz, how, how have you, um, how, how much of your effort has been kind of uh, more broad account focused and, and how much of it is, you know, uh, more narrowed in on the, on, on the titles and departments that you think are a little bit more, um, 
uh, on the buying committee, as it were. Yeah, actually, in Lockheed, it's it's interesting. They're um, an organization of engineers. So it's almost like everybody at Lockheed is an engineer. So we really have a lot of different names and faces and locations um, that have potential to work with us. So what we try to do is be more specific. Um, I can put out, you know, surround sound marketing and try to be present for many different people, but it's not going to be as impactful as if I target that um, type of engineer, a packaging engineer, a component engineer, something like that, who may have these challenges of working with the standard technology. We know what their issues are. We work with them already. So the, the beauty of it is we know what the problem is that they frequently experience. They're going to tell us the specifics of it, but in generalities, we know it's they can't fit enough power through a, a small footprint. Um, their you know, circular sealed connector takes up too much space. They need something rectangular module um, that's sealed, like you know the Optimus. Um, so we know those things. So what we try to do is we try to put those messages out there and directly target the specific types of engineers, so specific organizations, because if it's surround sound, I can spend lots of money um, targeting the wrong people on many different platforms, but if I have a very specific um, message, it's going to have a much better conversion rate for us, and it means we get to help more um, customers, right? So we've seen, um, I think it's uh, roughly 26, let me just double check my number here, but yeah, so in the last month, we've seen a 60% increase in conversions. So we work with um, some partners who help us with our digital advertising and things like that. And we just continue to further and further um, specify the target that we're looking for to get down to a really specific company, a location, right? Orlando, Florida, um, packaging engineer, and we'll put together some content, some advertisements and things and, and show those to um, those prospective clients and make $1 go a lot further than if I was a lot less specific. So it, it takes time and effort, um, but I think it's worth it in the long run for sure. Are you arming your, uh, your direct sales folks with some of the same material to, to have that message be coming from, uh, you know, every direction? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we will, for example, we utilize some content marketing tactics and we'll put together a piece about selecting um, an interconnect for a printed circuit board and a medical device. So we'll create the content. We'll, we'll put together the landing page. We'll uh, launch the digital ads and uh, launch those specific LinkedIn advertisements. But we'll also go the traditional way too. have those salespeople email that out to their contacts that are having discussions about something relevant. They'll bring that into their meetings with their clients. Um, they'll share it on their own LinkedIn, right? And they'll they'll try to leverage their network. Um, and we'll certainly get that out in, in email and to those clients that we know as well. So our sales team tries to um, leverage what they can to help it go the extra mile too, because there's nothing better than a, a prospect or a contact that is connected with your salesperson who already has heard a little bit about Nicomatic. That's that's your best person to start with, your last hanging fruit. I'd be curious to, um, uh, I guess, just uh, peel back just a little bit further. I, I, I know that we, we um, run the risk of getting too tactical here 
Um, but I, you know, there's, there's in some ways two different ways to focus in on specific titles and specific individuals. One is to find them and only serve ads to those people. And some ABM tools are better at doing that than others and better at title targeting than others and things of that sort. And then the other is to alter the messaging so that it's only going to appeal to those ones that you want to convert. And you're kind of, in some ways, you're, you're, you're not turning off, but you're at least not, you're not encouraging conversion from those that aren't uh, um, uh, high, high, high likelihood to be uh, prospective buyers. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious um, of those two sides of the coin, if you will, um, my guess is you probably employ both, but is there, do you index on one versus the other? I do, I, are we serving a slightly maybe more generic creative into very specific personas, or are we getting really specific with our creative in order to take that targeting up one more notch? You're right. We do a mix of both for sure. So we are a smaller manufacturer, as I mentioned, as compared to some of our, our competition. And, and that means that my budget is smaller, right? Then than we're used to. So we do need to get very specific with a lot of our content pieces. And we will employ some tactics like that to incorporate into the title of the piece, for example, the phrase interconnect, um, some of the challenges. I keep referring to power density, but it's it's been a hot topic as of late for us. And a lot of our customers experience that challenge. So we'll try to incorporate that and use, you know, good old fashioned SEO, right? And and things like that to try to have the customers come to us too by searching for their own issue. You know, what better way to um, find a prospect and answer their, their direct need. So we definitely do both. Um, I would say that we see a really nice um, effect when we employ a little bit of both in the same campaign and the same tactic. Um, we found a really high response at the top of the funnel like for gathering prospects and making some unknowns become, you know, known prospects into our system. I found a lot of success utilizing some different social and just traditional inbound efforts to have a specific content piece, do a specific targeted ad, and now we're converting a lot of people who maybe want to download a piece of gated content or something that we can then begin to expose to our other solutions and see if there's something that, that would be a good fit for them. It's interesting because, I mean, using search optimization to answer the questions uh, or content creation that is properly optimized for search, rather, to answer the questions that they have, perhaps even before they know the Nicomatic brand, um, is in a lot of ways is about reversing the polarity of the sale a little bit by becoming the trusted advisor on, on you know, on that particular topic. And it's almost as as valuable as uh, having the brand awareness part to begin with. So, you know, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is if people know who you are either as a brand and then they go looking for the type of connector that you sell versus having a specific question about a, a, an engineering related topic that you're helping them answer and solve, the two different ways to kind of reverse that polarity and have them come in so it's not all push. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a much a much more trusted position, I think, in a lot of ways. For sure. 
Yeah, for sure. And it also elevates your credibility as a supplier. We do a lot. We offer a lot of engineering support. We have a big engineering um, team around the world at Nikomatic, I would say. Not that our, our competitors don't, but we are very heavy on that on that end. Um, so demonstrating to the client that we understand their challenge, we've worked with their challenge, and showing relevant content for them to find us is is always always preferred. It um, means that the quality of your prospect is going to be a lot higher than um, something more generic. So we we definitely try to do that. This may be a really odd question. I don't know, but um, you know, it seems to me like you guys are bringing a a, a different way of thinking about um, uh, producing connectors. You're, you're, you're kind of in a fairly kind of innovative model here that 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 runs um, a bit counter to the industry norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a French brand doing that, which I'm so I'm just curious if it ever comes up, like. I don't know. It seems to me sometimes in North America, we look to the Europeans and think, I don't know, sometimes we think that they've got a few things figured out that we haven't figured out yet, like bike-friendly cities and other things. Cheese. <laughs> Cheese, <laughs> yes. yes. Cheese um, and wine, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, like, does, it, um, does the origin of the brand, uh, or the uh, does it give you any kind of interesting kind of marketing permission, or have you... Have you noticed any kind of um, nuanced difference as a result of that? Yeah, so Nikomatic is managed in a very interesting way. We're more of a, a network rather than a hierarchy with um, you know very centralized headquarters or something like that. Um, so while at the end of the day, yes, we are French, we are very independent in the Americas region. Um, and so too is our marketing. Um, so while... You might think, yeah, maybe this could help us sell. Our customer base is actually incentivized by their customer to to buy made in the U.S. So Nikomatic, we know that, right? And we know that we need to answer that call for our customers. That's why we're manufacturing in the United States. That's why we're manufacturing in in Pennsylvania. Um, That's why there's people like me and and a big team of of people outside of Philadelphia to, to support their needs. So a lot of our clients are actually deterred by it. You know, there's some clients, um, we just started working with one client else. I won't use their name here, but um, for a long time, they, they wouldn't speak with us, right? But then they began to buy our, our product um, through distribution and really found it successful. So the distributor helped us to take the technology forth and kind of eliminate that stigma that there is. And now, and now we've begun to work together. So... Um, we do a lot of things at Nikomatic to make the client actually feel more comfortable. Um, because at the end of the day, we are a subsidiary. So we're a U.S. company. Um, we're ITAR compliant. So in our industry, we have to be cognizant of a lot of import-export rules. Um, and there are a lot of programs, actually, that only U.S. citizens are able to work on. Um, so we have a whole process and we're, we're on the forefront of the new CMMC compliance and things like that. So we really... We know it, we accept it, um, but we, I would say go beyond that and go beyond that of, of even some of the competitors, right? Where we really try to configure the organization to put the customer first. We actually have a customer first initiative. And that means that when I set up my organization, I set up my manufacturing, um, I'll tell you guys, 
a little secret. We haven't announced it yet, but we're expanding our, our facility to bring in new capabilities and adding a whole bunch of jobs and things like that here. So that's, we're doing construction now, um, but we're going to bring in additional capabilities. And the reason really is, is because the customers want made in the U.S. products. With the like added effect of the pandemic, they want product that is close. So we've always been close and we've always um, assembled, stocked and manufactured product in the United States for our, our clients in the Americas. Um, but with the added effect of the pandemic, there's real concern with the supply chain of having something outside of the country too. So we are spinning up more and more to be able to do more and more um, to essentially have, I mean, we offer it today, 100% made in the U.S. product um, for some of our lines. And then when when needed on other lines, we, we offer that too, but we'd love to just have that available at the drop of the hat for any product. Man, I was trying to set you up, uh, and uh, then I was going to ask about the dark side of the location. You kind of got <laughs> right to me. Uh, uh, you saw right through it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's part of me really wishes like that we could somehow have our cake and eat it too here. Like it could be, uh, you know, uh, conceived and designed on, in France, but manufactured <laughs> in the USA, you know, like, or so well, I, I think the way they go about it and, and the thought process and, and how you go to market certainly does have an innovative, different feel to mm. it from what you would traditionally experience in a North American manufacturer. But still having that uh, you know, high quality local supply chain certainty angle and, and the buy america angle and especially in the de defense contracting incredibly mm -hmm. important um so it uh yeah it's a really really interesting uh kind of waters to navigate as for sure it is it's innovative and at times too i i think of us as even even very traditional in some sense we're designing product in the united states we have engineers here working on it we're producing it here in the united states and it's not going to be the cheapest option right that's not what we're what we're interested in doing and a lot of the the competitors are doing that today and that's you know big focus but we're we're doing going the more traditional route to do everything here in the united states including sourcing um, which seems a little bit old fashioned at times, um, but it's really, you know, what the customers need. And I think because it's transitioned so much away from that, it, it is a little bit different now. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it is obviously the customer centricity that's powering that there's been such a dramatic change in, um, attitudes around supply chains and globalization of business as a result of the pandemic. Nobody could have really foreseen that, that shift. That it would have come back this way? Yeah. yeah. In, in the way that it has. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. uh, Liz, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed kind of uh, learning more about uh, you and your role in Nicomatic and how you approach uh, the challenge uh of of raising awareness of the brand and, and growing it here in the americas this has been a, a real pleasure yeah thank you guys it was great to talk with you thanks so much thanks for listening to the cooler ring with carmen perry and jeff white don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring that's k-u-l-a partners.com slash the cooler ring